Hey, do you have a photography blog or are you considering creating one? Well, there are 13 mistakes most photographers make when they create their own blogs. Today, we're going to count them off and see where we stack up. This is episode 74 of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hey there, welcome again to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your photography lifestyle podcast, and we are building a lifestyle around learning how to create great photos, build an audience, and make an impact with our photography. I'm your host, Lynn Morton. Of course, you can call me Lynn, and this is episode 74. And welcome again to another one of our chats. We do this every week, of course. And in this week's episode, I want to get back to talking about blogging for photographers. And specifically, we're going to look at 13 mistakes many of us make. And I say us, I know that the the title of the episode said photographers make with their blogs, but it's our blogs because as I'll... As you'll hear, I've made some of these mistakes myself as well. That's what we're looking at today, and I'm just anxious to get started. So let's get going. So today I want to talk with you about 13 unlucky mistakes photographers make with our blogs. I said their blogs, but really it's us, our blogs. And this is, I think, going to be important for us as we continue to do the things we need to do necessary to make our photos and our work really stand out and make a difference. If you recall, back on episode 48, I made the argument for why you need a photo blog. That's episode 48. And... uh, we went through all of the benefits you can get, and if you haven't listened to that one, I'm, I'd, I'd go ahead and encourage you to go back and listen to that one, because today's episode builds on that. In episode 72, I brought you uh, a great example of someone who is doing that well. I interviewed Emily Carter Mitchell, who has Bella Remy photography.com and it's a blog where she's been really just doing incredible work for a number of years. And uh, she talked about in that episode, how doing that blog helped her find out, find who she was as an artist, as a photographer, find out and learned what she did well. And then it also helped her get exposure And now she's been published in several magazines and she's selling her work and she's doing all this. And it's really all because that of the blog that she created. 
And so you might hear this, and I know a number of you have. You've you've heard this, and you've gone out, and you said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own blog." All right, great. And in doing so, if you aren't careful, you can make a number of mistakes that will limit your ability to be successful. And so I, I want to talk about what those are and to make sure we all steer clear of them. So there are 13 of them. Number one is you don't really have a focus. You know, in marketing um, parlance, we say you need a niche of some kind. You need a, f- you need a focus area. And this is important because you want to be known for something. You want to be known for something because if you're not known for something, you won't be known for anything, right? And so there is this. So if you, if you see someone who is shooting 12 different kinds of things and putting them all over the place, you, you don't you, you know you don't really know okay you know who is this and 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 what what do they do and, and it's it's hard for them to stand out and make traction when i was thinking about this episode i was thinking about going and and pulling out five top photography bloggers and showing what they all had in common and i may even go back and do that one day but what they one of the things they all have in common is they're known for something Right. So if if I talk about um, stuck in customs, you know that as travel and HDR, Trey Radcliffe. If I talk about even if we go to 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 Scott Kelby, you know, he's known for his work with Photoshop and Lightroom and and uh, and he's known for that. And this is how he begins to stand out. If you look at you know one of our favorite um, uh, sartorialists or or humans of New York, they're known for something, and and th- these people who who start from nothing and build up really strong brands, one of the things they all have in common is they have a focus area and they're known for something. Now, one of the things being known for something will do for you is help you to attract an audience who will now be interested enough to stick around. What I mean by that is if I am doing a blog of HDR travel photography, I know that the people who are into travel photography and beautiful pictures are going to keep coming back because they found a home when they land there and they know, hey, this is the kind of stuff I want to see more of. So it helps you to really begin to also refine and define your audience because that's going to be important because now you need to know who you're talking to and who you are serving. Well, I'll touch on that in a bit. So having that focus, you know, if you go to a blog and it has something you're really interested in and you think, oh, cool, and you go back and then it has something totally different, you're, you're going to be a little thrown off. And perhaps you might say, well, I guess I was wrong about this. I, I thought this was the, the place for me, and it isn't. You want them to think this is the place for me when they find your blog. So 
not having a focus area or a niche is one of the big mistakes photographers make with their with our blogs. Another one, the second one, is having a clever blog name that no one understands. Now, I have, you know, fallen prey to this once. I created this one. I forget the name of this blog I created. It was, yeah, something, um, azure something. It, it was like the French word for blue or sky, and, you know, and it was just because I liked the way it sounded. I had no idea, you know, what how that would play into what I was doing, but I liked the way it sounded and, and I got no traction at all because whenever I said, Hey, check out my blog as you I, I would, I literally would see people frown and go, huh? It, it was clever, but it wasn't helpful. You want a name that either helps people understand who it's for, what you do or why they should care. And it could be that it's your name, you know, Lens Picks, Linford Morton Photography. It could be that it is about the kind of photography you do, 100 Strangers DC, it was one I did. You know, it could be that it was um, something else. Uh, it, it could be anything that, but but you want a name that says something. And ideally, you want them to come and see the name and go, oh, okay, good. I like that. That You know, the, I, 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 I know Jim, and if this is his photography, I'll be happy. And you want them to, to, to know that this place is for them. So use a name that will instruct and inform rather than just being clever because being clever is going to speak to nobody but you and if you have to keep explaining it you're you're already losing you know if you're explaining you're losing i think forgot who used to say that my sister gave me this lesson a long time ago she's also a marketing person and she said unless you have millions of dollars to educate people on what that name means make it something they can understand right away got it it's my younger sister but she's clearly the smarter one so so you're going to get a name that that says something and you're not going to make the mistake of getting a name that no one understands that's number two number three is you're not showing your best photos now i know it's a blog and i know you're doing daily stuff but you still got to kill some babies kill some darlings now before you get too horrified i'm of course referring to the that 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 term that says you have to kill some darlings meaning you've got to get rid of some photos that you really like that just aren't good enough to be seen just because you are emotionally connected to them there's no reason for you to publish them this is a place for you even though you are publishing on a regular basis you still want to publish your best because again this is this represents you and so after a shoot rather than putting up 50 images where there are 10 that are good and 40 that are, uh, are okay and two that are really good and one that's exceptional you take that 50 you do the work of pulling out the one or two that are really good and just blog in those it's okay to have a blog post with just one or two images. Nobody knows you shot 200. And if you have one or two really good ones, 
that's all people will want to see anyway. Nobody wants to see all your photos. I think I talked about that in a another episode. So don't make the mistake of showing not showing only your best photos. You want to make a blog stand out. If you went to um, Stuck in Customs and saw boring pictures every third time you went there, you might be less enthusiastic about going back. All right, so the next one, one, two, three, we're on number four now, is making it only about you. Now, I know I made this big claim that if you are a photographer, you need a blog, and now I'm going to sound what, say what sounds almost contradictory, that nobody cares about you. Nobody who is going to your blog really cares about you. They care about themselves most, and in so much that your blog can make them feel good or make them feel happy or make them f learn something, then they keep coming back. But unless you're Kim Kardashian, nobody's going to follow around to see what you say and think about every little thing. And so while you do want to include some window into who you are and share some of who you are and share some of if the whole thing is just a me fest, you're going to lose you're going to lose uh, your your audience pretty quickly. I mean, just think about us. If if, you know. You're listening, and I'm assuming that that you are a part of the community, and you know we're friends, right? But if all I did every episode was talked about me, 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 you probably wouldn't stick around as long as you have, even on this episode. So, and we're friends, right? <laughs> so make don't make it only about you. Your blog, even though you are sharing your your images and you are trying to build something, you ought to think about it in terms of service. Think about your blog in terms of service. Like what can, how can I serve or help or enter, entertain or educate or inform the people who take their time to come to my blog? And it doesn't have to be something, you know, now you're going to go, oh my God, now this is daunting. No, it doesn't have to be at all. When you when when you are with someone and they see your photographs, what kind of questions do they ask you about them? Think about stuff like that and and share that because that shows that that there is where some curiosity is about your work, or you know how you came up with it, why you should. So you know sometimes you can talk about your your process and and your interest in a way that is designed to help educate and entertain the people who visit your blog more so than making it a me fest. You know, you know the difference because you know it when you see it and you know it when you bump into someone who has a blog like that. Okay. So you don't want to make it only about you. All right. So now that's number one, two, three, four. Number five is having an unrealistic publishing schedule. That's right. So if you just Google how to make blogs and you read a number of those uh, people who claim to be experts on blogging, you, you'll find that there are some of them who will tell you that you have to blog every day or you're just wasting your time. And to that, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to call hooey because 
that's the quickest way to get yourself burnt out. I remember when I interviewed uh, Joe Newman from DC Focus, he talked about how he started his blog and he had such a, a really um, aggressive posting schedule. And within a, a year, he just got burnt out. If you put that much demand on yourself, you're likely to burn yourself out. And so you want to have something a little more realistic. Once a week is good, once every two weeks, once every, even once a month, if you choose, can be okay. The key is to be consistent with whatever schedule you choose because people get to, you know, this is also how you build trust. We know that if if you posted every day for two weeks and then I didn't see anything for a month, then I, f I start to conclude that maybe you've forgotten or abandoned or, or whatever. So you want to keep consistent and you want to give people some clues as, as to when that will be. So you want to have a, a, a it's, and it's even better to start with a really conservative schedule, like once every two weeks or once a month, and then ramp up as you see, hey, I've got stuff piling up and I'm ready to go. Then it's much better to do that than to start daily and then all of a sudden disappear for a month because now you're just so overwhelmed. All right, so the next uh, mistake people make is using boring blog titles or just even just using labels as blog titles. So I, one of the things I really liked that uh, that Emily said when we talked with her in episode 72 was that she made her blog post titles the kinds of things she thought people who were interested in would be searching for. And so when she went to and when she went to the Washington National Cathedral and photographed the um, the space window in the cathedral, she titled it that way. And so when an editor who was doing a story on it was looking for an image and the editor Googled for the space window, Emily's post showed up. When she did her post on the Conowingo Dam on the Eagles there, which is a favorite for bird photographers in the Maryland area, she comes up almost first. And so you want to think about the titles of your your blog posts in term in terms that people who are searching who might be potential audiences and fans for your blogs, the kind of things they might be searching for, because th that will be some of the traffic you will bring in, not just the people who know you. Uh, there's going to be a point when you're going to want to branch up beyond, beyond just you and mom, and not just your friends on Facebook, but people who don't know you might find you, and they might find you because you have this focus area, and now you are publishing images. And so people who might want to pay for those images or use those images or, or, or just admire those images, if that's all you want, you want them to be able to find you too. So think about your blog titles as having the kinds of names that will help bring in people. Now, next, you another mistake you might be making is thinking that if you post it, they will come. 
Meaning, once you create your blog and you start posting, you wonder, hey, you know, now that I have my blog and I start posting, all my friends are suddenly going to show up. And that's not always the case. So if you already have a strong following already, you might get those people coming along. But just because you build a blog doesn't mean they come. You, you're going to have to do some work to get people there. And sometimes it, it means just going out and sharing in social media, in other communities, doing things that will bring people back to your blog. You're going to have to do a little good old-fashioned marketing because that's how you begin to grow your audience. You're going to have to begin to, again, cultivate the people who are following, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, so that so that you can get more people. All right, so if you... If you post it, they will come as a mistake. And then the, the uh, a similar mistake is if you if they came once, they'll come back. And I got to tell you, there are a lot of great sites I've been to, and I can't remember where they are because I saw them once and I moved on and I forgot to to bookmark it, and I'll 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 never see it again. And just because someone loved your work the first time doesn't mean they will come back. And so you've got to do some work to help help them remember and help them come back, meaning you've got to keep posting, you've got to keep sharing, you've got to keep talking about your work with each post, and you can't just do one and then not, and then stop promoting. And then the next mistake is, which is connected to this one, is is not connect, not collecting emails. Because they're not going to come back, you want to be able to collect emails from them so you can go remind them to come back because you know that they care and that if they knew something new interesting was there they would come check it out so you want to have a you want to have a way to contact them and the most reliable way of doing it is by sending an email i might not see your post on Instagram and remember that you're there because you know I have a a love hate thing with Instagram and you know I I post regularly for a while and then I I forget about it for a couple of weeks and you might have your best work when I'm not paying attention either there or on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever you post it you might post your best work when I'm not paying attention and and that would be a shame because I would want to see it this is how I've been following Emily for four years because when I'm, you know, I go to my, my inbox and there's an email from Emily saying, Hey, look, I look what I just did. And I thought, Oh, let me go check that out. See what she's been up to. You got to remind people. And, and the easiest way is to put a form on your email, on your blog that allows people to subscribe. So you have to collect emails. So not collecting emails is another big mistake that, photographers make and then not answering answering all your comments so you post these great images and i think to myself wow this is really good stuff i like what you've done and so i go into the comments and i leave a message for you and nothing now i don't know about you but if 
if I'm trying to speak to someone and I say, hey, how's it going? And they don't respond. And I go, hey, how's it going? And they don't respond. And then I go, hey, how's it going? And they don't respond. Guess what I stopped doing? I stopped trying to talk to you. I figure, you know what? It's not, not worth my time trying to communicate with this person. If someone takes the time to not just come to your blog, but read your blog, to look at your image, and then they're so inspired that they stop and take their time to leave a message, good Lord, respond to them. It's only it's only polite, but, you know, they took the time. So I think you owe them that acknowledgement. And I, I hate when you see these really popular bloggers where you can put all there are all these comments and just never not just i i know they can't respond to all but there ought to be at least one that you find that you can respond to so there you go now the next one i know we're all photographers i know we're all visual but the other mistake you can make is just having poor grammar and punctuation you know even though we're coming for the pictures too many misspellings and grammar issues will, will turn a lot of people off. I found this free app called Grammarly. It's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. It's free. You can, uh, you can install it into your browser. So even as you're typing, it will not just do spell check, but it will do grammar. And it's really good. And it saved me from embarrassing myself more than I normally would a number of times and there's also a desktop version of it so you can just put your document into it and it it will run through and then they have a an upgrade um $30 a month version where they give you you know really 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 deep counsel I guess but I just used a free version it's good enough for me and uh, then they tell you at the end of the week how well you did so that if you like to a challenge, you can work on improving. But the cool thing is you'll click on something. They'll tell you what the mistake is. They'll tell you how to fix it. And, and you'll get a little reminder. So something as simple as that will help you keep, um, keep your blog relatively clean. Now, the next one, number 12, is not contributing to other blogs. And again, I, I'm pulling this from another quote from the, the Emily interview. She goes, you have to give to receive when you're with blogging, meaning just because you have a blog doesn't mean that you can now ignore everyone else and think they're going to come to you. You have to go out and find other blogs of the kind where the kinds of people you're interested in and the kind of work you're interested in doing those kinds of blogs where those kinds of people hang out and you've got to leave thoughtful comments on their posts because that's how people see you. And remember, you, you, you know, just because you post it doesn't mean they'll come. But when you do that, that's how they'll see you and that's how they'll notice you and that's how you begin to get more people, but not just doing it, doing it just to get more people to come. You're doing it also because it's, it's, it's networking. You want to go find other people whose work you're inspired by and comment there. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably want to return the favor and be reciprocal and, and see what you're doing. If you, if you, if you comment enough and then the other people who follow them might comment. But the other thing is, it's not just to have it come back, but, you're also doing it because it's good to build community, right? To build, to make friends, to, to get to know other people. And that's how 
um, it's it's karma. So you might want to get out there and meet and greet on other blogs. And that leads us into the last one, number 13, which is not joining a community. Not joining a community. You know, they've got these communities uh, or groups on Facebook or Google Plus or, or, or organized around topic or interest areas. And depending on which you decide your niche or your focus area can be, you can easily either create one of those groups or join one. But again, it's another place to go out and meet other people who are kindred spirits and uh, and in a sort of a passive way, build your audience and contribute to the community and attract more people back to your work. Now, these are 13 mistakes because I don't want you to create a blog and just throw up a couple pictures and then say, hey, nothing's happening. You do have to put some thought into it and be strategic. And if you find yourself making any one of these mistakes, it's the easiest thing in the world to just reverse it and make sure that you have um, you're correcting it. Because as you correct these 13 areas and these 13 things, you will find that you begin to get better results from your blog and it will begin help you begin to get the kind of inroads you're looking for because at the end of the day what we're really trying to do is get you more eyes and more exposures on all the good work that you're doing all right so do that and uh, i'm hoping that you have success sooner rather than later let me know in the comments and if you recognize any of these mistakes and if you are working on fixing any now i have one more thing that i'm going to ask of you i want to know if you are indeed working on your blog and if you are indeed thinking about creating your blog or working on it What's the one big question you have about that process? I'm I'm wondering because I know people might start and get stuck and I I don't I don't want that to happen. But well what's the big question you have so so that I know that you know where you might be running into trouble and how I might be able to help you. So I'm going to have just a one question survey right below this episode, just click on through and just take a couple minutes and answer that question for me. What's the one question you have about creating your own photography blog? I'd I'd love to, to know what that is. All right, that's it for this episode. And well, that's it for the 13 mistakes. I hope you found that helpful. All right, that's it for this episode and the 13 mistakes that most of us photography bloggers make with our blogs. Again, hope you found that helpful. And if you want to go deeper on this topic, I just wanted to let you know that I will be doing full lessons on this in our Shutterbug Mentoring Club. Now, you might not remember, but I I launched a a mentoring club back in March And the whole purpose of it was for us to work together on, again, getting our images better, 
building out our platforms and our blogs and doing the work of attracting an audience and serving and, and doing all the things we talked about in this episode. And so if this was interesting to you and you would like to get more training, plus mentoring support, meaning direct support as you work on these things, then I'm going to um, invite you to consider the Shutterbug Mentoring Club. I, I got, you know, we've been doing this now for a couple of months and I got this week a couple really cool emails from our members and one of them Jeannie, said that um she she posted this we have our own private facebook group where we get to talk and she she sold her first gallery photograph to someone in west palm beach as she said not to a friend or family member she's using fineart.com and she said, I've now sold three pictures, but I give a lot of the credit to you, Linford Morton, and pushing and staring me to create a platform and for the work in one of your podcasts. And when you spoke about pushing your comfort zone, it encouraged me to enter art contests. And this is the kind of, these are the kind of results we get in the mentoring club because you do get ongoing support as you work on on the projects you're working on. And again, this is just another, uh, just another testimonial to say that when you create these, um, when you create these platforms, they do work and they do help you make a difference. And she said, sometimes a push to move into your uncomfortable zone can teach you a lot. Thanks, Lynn. So that was cool. And then last night we did one of our webinars. We do two each month. We do one where the, there's a discussion and then we do another one where I can give specific feedback. And, and last night we talked quite a bit about just dealing with the overwhelm that many photographers deal with. And, and Dee posted, you know, last night's session had a clear impact on me. Um, and then she went on to share her accountability. She had a dream about the things we were talking about. <laughs> That's how much, um, it had an impact on her. And, you know, these are, these are the kinds of things that we hear because in this kind of environment, we can make, we can work together, we can be focused and we can make a difference. So if you're interested in learning more, go to shutterbugmentoring.com. We'll be opening it up to new, new members soon, but uh, would love to have you consider it and come on out and join us. All right, that's it for this episode. If you like what we do here, this episode is weekly. So near the end of the week, usually on Friday, you'll get another episode of the podcast and if you like it share it with a friend if you know of another photographer who's on a similar kind of journey and for whom you know this can be helpful please share it with them if you are new here you can join the community and uh, go and subscribe remember one of the mistakes we talked about i want to make sure that when you leave you come back so go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe if you like it here and uh, when there's a new episode I will remind you to come on back and check it out. If you're on iTunes, you can subscribe there as well. And then it would be great if you would leave and um, leave a review. If you are or are headed to Washington, D.C. or New York City, this is where our meetups reside. And you can come on out and join us on just about every weekend of the year. This weekend, we're going to be in Hoboken, New Jersey, looking across the river at Manhattan for one of our our 
free meetups. And, uh, and then in, on August 20, I'm doing a street photography workshop in New York City. I call it Workshop in the Squares because we're going to be going through a series of the squares, Times Square, Union Square, Washington Square, and just lots of great opportunities there. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see a video about it, and I'll also have it on the website as well. So you can learn more about that as well. And of course, in between, our Facebook groups are great places for you to jump in and share your images, share your thoughts, share what you've learned, just connect and make friends. It's at fb.shutterbuglife.com and join our Facebook group. All right. That's it. Thank you again for joining us. Get out there and create something amazing this weekend. And whatever you do, enjoy your Shutterbug life. Take care.